This is a HeadGum Podcast. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm-mm-mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. We watch Superbook, and we're going to talk about it today on Good Christian Fun. I love Jesus Christ. You disgusting little pig. <laughs> Giant dog. Are you familiar with like Calvinism as a concept? <laughs> White women are notoriously <laughs> shifty and, and confused. Oh, the Caroline dropy today. If you feel like you're in a really dark place, that's okay. <laughs> the lights have to dim. That's when the show starts. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Wait, you can't poo-poo it on Patreon and be like. Oh, actually, I I affirm this on the. That's a lot. What a creator. (laughs) I'm sure I would have made videos like this. Welcome to Good Christian Fun. I'm Kevin. I'm Caroline. We're here to have good Christian fun. That's right. Once again, 110, baby. 110 episodes in a row. 90 more to go until. I mean, what do we do at 200? Boy, what's our milestone then? Wow. We vote off. We vote off a (laughs) (laughs) co-host. Yeah, it's just a Mexican standoff of us. Like, no, we don't get the listeners involved. It's just us two, and then, like, we get a guest to come in and then, like, advocate. Uh, Good Christian Fun is the podcast where we talk about Christian pop culture, movies, music, entertainment, television shows, and animated programs in some instances made for, made by Christians. But we're not here to make fun of you or your beliefs or to make you go to church and make make you believe what uh, we believe, too. We're just here to have fun. Sounds like George Bush for a second uh, there. <laughs> or no, I guess Clinton. Oh, uh, Mike, you believe what I believe. <laughs> That's one of my favorite Simpsons jokes. Bill Clinton, get back to work. Mike, mate. <laughs> so I always think about that. Uh, but we're here to have good Christian fun. It's episode 110. It's episode Superbook, which a lot of listeners have asked us about and talked about with us. Never heard of it. <laughs> this was this was news to me. I mean, this is ninety percent of what we talk about on the show. <laughs> hey, uh, actually, on this one, I hadn't heard. <laughs> now, unlike all the rest of the bullshit we've had to do on the show, this one even escaped old Caroline Ely in Temecula, <laughs> California. And guess what? I didn't like it. <laughs> Not for me. Oh, clearly we need the help of a special guest, so let's introduce him right now. Friends and folks, he's an author and activist. You can check out his book, Transforming, colon, The Bible and the Lives of Transgender Christians. Friends and folks, give it the hell up for Austin Harkey. I can tell it. Stop doing this. <laughs> just a lot of weird hand motions. Wait, did you? A lot of uh, Carol- for the listener at home, uh, Caroline just recently saw Jojo Rabbit, and uh, she, I think she got she took away the wrong messages from no, that movie. Inspiring a lot of my movement. Uh oh. Also, uh, it is pronounced hard key. Right? It is. You're totally right. Okay. Just like I great. I guess things. on that too. Okay, I, I saw a moment of panic like, in your eyes, like. 
Oh, man. Well, Austin, thank you so much for joining us on the show, sir. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Yeah, what a fun, fun time. We were originally going to do this on Skype, mm-hmm. and then we waited it out. Yeah. And I was don't... like, let's just wait. I'm going to get to California eventually. We'll just we'll do it when I get there. I'll do it. Skype, but you know what? I feel like Skype, it's like... You know, in this day and age, face to face, people devalue that. It's these true. little black mirrors <laughs> right here. I want a supercut of you saying these little black mirrors on this show. <laughs> or was this an episode of Black Mirror, yep, et cetera, yep, et cetera. Yep, yep. Yeah, but I've we're... come in to play Miley Cyrus. <laughs> That's, hey, and I'm here to play Mackenzie Davis in San Junipero. Oh, Hell yes. yes. Or yes, no. Good. Is no, that, that her? That's it San Junipero, okay. yep. Yeah. And it's Goo Goo and Bathara. Mm-hmm. Okay. Nice. That's me. Yeah. next halloween everyone look at caroline's oh no Uh, do we have to be some sort of like neo-nazi on this show no i don't think you are at all going for if you were then the jokes wouldn't be funny the further away they are from truth the funnier they are because they're more absurd that's true that's what jokes are is that how comedy works <laughs> anyway, we're the glad you're no here. Yes, uh, we worked really hard to make it happen. I'm yeah. so glad we got you. Yes. Uh, well, let's talk about your history of faith and religion and your background and stuff. You have an interesting story. Have you ever talked yeah. about it uh, no. before? Have you ever all? had ever, to? Never once. <laughs> never do the never, bullet points. I've never been on a podcast and I've never <laughs> read a book. Okay. Well, let me ask you story. this then. Uh, on, honest friend to friend, what question uh, do you never want to be asked again? Ooh, that is a, that's actually a really good question. What question do I never want to be asked? I feel like the, the question that I always feel weird answering is, which is like, a totally understandable question that people have is like how did your family take it when you came out and it's like not a bad question it's just that I always feel like that's not necessarily my story to tell. <laughs> like, I, I never want to be like, well, this person said these terrible things to me and they took it really bad. And then I'm like yeah. throwing that person under the bus and they're like on their own. It's hard journey, when people you know? invite you to disclose vulnerability, but yeah. then it's vulnerability that then ends up like netting other right. people into the narrative yes. where it's like, well, then this one was a jerk. And yes. then, yeah, yeah, and it's like, yeah, yeah it's so not that. So it's say. like, it's not a bad question. I totally get why people want to know, like, how's your family? But it's also like, oh, I don't want to tell you about like my uncle who hates me like yeah, you know yeah, it's like, i don't want to think about it. and it could be still in process like it, it that's got exactly better it. for some that's people exactly or it. worse or whatever yeah, yeah so yeah i could get that uh, cut to me scribbling out my first five <laughs> questions <laughs> on my notepad so uh where All are you from is like do you like pie <laughs> yes answer <laughs> yes movies? love pie <laughs> Uh, where'd you go grow up geographically Uh, so I grew up in uh, Minnesota about an hour south of the Twin Cities okay Um, and it was this really interesting sort of town because it's a small town and it's in a rural area but it's also got two liberal arts colleges in this tiny town so it's like this weird uh, liberal bubble in the middle of cornfields Um, and so it was an interesting place to grow up for sure Uh, like I I came out uh, as bisexual when I was in high school and there was no sort of like support for that at our high school and so I would sneak onto the college campus to go to the college's GSA group (laughs) so like it was one of those things where like had we not had those colleges there there wouldn't have been Lots of different kinds of support. So it was a really cool place to grow up. However, 
because it's got these two colleges and there's like not a lot of jobs in town there's just nobody who lives there between the ages of 22 and 35 like you move oh. back to have kids but as soon as you're done with college there's just like nobody you move right out age. yeah so did your yeah. parents work for the colleges in some way no they didn't actually my uh on my mom's side of the family uh our ancestors from like norway came over like five generations ago Whoa. and settled there and so my mom uh moved back there when my when we were young because my great grandpa lived there and so we got to live with my great grandpa when I was a kid which was really fun. Whoa. Yeah. And then what was faith expression stuff like at the time? So I grew up in um vineyard churches mostly, but other non denom churches as well till I was like ten. So that was my background was sort of like evangelical uh evangelical. <laughs> yes, exactly. And uh we've never misspoken on this show. So never once. Yeah, kind of embarrassing. Especially for you. the word <laughs> evangelical. I know. Come on. Get on it. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so I grew up in those churches until I was like preteen age and then my parents got divorced and my dad went back to the church that he grew up in, which is the Missouri Synod Lutheran Church, which is like the what conservative end of the Lutheran church. Got it. So yeah, Lutherans are kind of, there's lots of different flavors of Lutherans, <laughs> mm-hmm. but the main ones are like Missouri Synod are like the more conservative ones. And then the evangelical Lutheran church is a little bit of the more progressive arm. So he, my dad was like, let's go back to the church that I grew up in. So that's where I ended up for a couple of years. And I was like, this is absolute trash. Mm. <laughs> Not because it was, that was just my feeling. Um, yeah. <laughs> although, and you knew that at the time. Yes. Yeah. Just, right. And it. it was, it was the kind of thing where you go from like praise bands and like all of this like exciting stuff. And there's like a whole children's ministry and like these vineyard churches I grew up in and in these uh, evangelical churches. And then you go to this tiny church that is very dark inside and they only sing very slow hymns and there's no children's ministry and you're just like uh, surrounded by old people and it was like as a 11 year old I was like why (laughs) like who would choose this why would you do this (laughs) so uh my experience there was like sort of um just on the aesthetics of it was like, oh, I don't really like this. But then um, it kind of became more of a problem as I uh, got a little bit older and then came out as bi because uh, the Missouri Synod Church is very not okay with queer folks mm-hmm. and also doesn't like, you know, women in ministry and like all these other things. And um, so it was kind of, I was having this negative experience there and if, like freshman year of high school, I fell in love with my best friend, as you do in high school. And um, she uh, was a girl, and because everybody thought I was a girl growing up, that was not necessarily kosher with the folks that I was around at the time. Uh, And, uh, but this friend of mine was uh, really awesome, and she knew that I loved singing in choir, and so she was like, hey, do you want to come sing in the choir at my church? And I was like, well... I kind of hate Christians and don't want to be a part of this at all, but I do love choir. <laughs> <laughs> choir will get you. Choir will get you. Yeah. So I ended up going to choir at her church, which was uh, an ELCA Lutheran church, the more progressive side of things. And that was like the that was the first time that I went to a church and was like, whoa, like sort of the mainline aesthetics uh, were still there, although it was a nice bright light church, mm-hmm. not a Just dark and lighting. dank one. Uh-huh. Yeah, better lighting. It makes a huge difference, <laughs> Big people. difference, yep. uh, But like, it was still kind of the mainline thing, but it was full of like families with all different ages of people in it, and it they had like a lot going on for youth, and they did not say anything negative about LGBT people, and mm-hmm. I didn't even know that was a possibility, because the churches that I'd been in all my life had said terrible things about you'd heard it pretty folks. openly at the old churches yeah you've gone to yeah yeah so it was like 
basically, and it wasn't like they said anything positive either. They just didn't say anything negative. So it was a very low bar <laughs> to jump over. <laughs> yeah. But it was like the first time that I had ever been in a church like that. And that, and the because I was coming in as sort of this weird orphan that wasn't coming, you know, with their family, I was just there for choir. I kind of got adopted by all these families at this church. And so it became kind of a, a church home that I really um, loved being at. That's so powerful. At what yeah. age was this again? That was like uh, sophomore, junior year of high school. That's crazy because yeah. it usually takes so much longer for people to get that. I'm always blown away when I, f- when I hear of like explicitly affirming or like just for lack of a better term, safe spaces like that existing for people when they are in high school Mm -hmm. because it can just make all the difference for them what comes next. Right, because like you've got, I always like, so now I, you know, run around all over the place and talk about queer and affirming churches and like how we do that. And the thing that I always say is like, we've got this larger cultural narrative about like, you can either be a queer person or you can be a Christian and like you have to choose between those two things. And if you are not, if you as an individual are not in a faith community that counters that narrative, you just automatically assume that that narrative is always true. Mm -hmm. And so like, like for me as a teenager, my experience of having a church that was not, uh, you know, condemning people for their orientation or their gender was kind of mind blowing. Cause I was like, wait, I didn't know this was possible, yeah. <laughs> yeah. but it also, you know, it wasn't a perfect place either. And so like I, um, uh, so 15 is like when you get confirmed in this particular church uh, and go through confirmation. And so in mainline denominations, it's like this confirmation of your baptism. So the idea is like you got baptized as a baby, but then as a teenager, you say like, okay, I believe all this stuff. Cool. Got it. Okay. Um, so that's confirmation. And so. Because as a teenager, you're so much more Exactly. You know life. what you want. You know what's happening. <laughs> You've lived. That's why you get to make decisions about like what college you're going to go to and do mm-hmm, what career you're going to mm-hmm. have forever. I mean, babies, obviously. Yes. No, but a 15 year old, yeah, for sure. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, uh, so we're doing confirmation at 15. And, you know, I'm in these confirmation classes with all these kids my age. And the pastor keeps talking about like, well, you know, we're all one in baptism and we've all, and the baptism of this baptism that and I raise my hand and I'm like I've never been baptized because <laughs> like I grew up non-denom and they don't do infant baptism and everybody in the room was like oh god what do we do with this kid like wow, yeah. <laughs> this was not something that they'd really come up against I guess <laughs> before um, so I had to I met with the pastor a bunch and the pastor was basically like well you can't get confirmed but you could get baptized if you wanted to and I still felt so like unsettled with my own understanding of faith that I said I don't think that's something that I want to do um, so I decided not to, and uh, it took until I was 22 and I was in college that I actually did get baptized and decided that that was something that I wanted to be a part of. Um, and I went back to that church and got baptized, which was that's really nice. Very sweet. Yeah. yeah, that's very cool. Wow. Yeah, but it took a long time. So even though it was like the first inklings of like maybe this could be a thing happened at like 15, 16, it wasn't till 22 that I was like, okay, I guess I'm for real on this church train now and I can't get off. <laughs> what were your problems at the time when you were in that 15-year-old range? Um, I mean, my my biggest problem was, well, two things. I feel like churches do youth a disservice by not talking with them about the bigger questions, like just kind of saying like, well, you know, God's got it all under control, blah, blah, blah. We don't really need to think about it too much. Mm-hmm. Like kids want to know how to talk about stuff. Um, like and, social issues, you mean? Like things yeah, going on in culture. Currently. Right. But and I mean, theological stuff too. Like kids want to know why does suffering happen? They want an actual answer to that. That mm-hmm. isn't just like, well, because God's ways are higher than our ways, you know, like mm-hmm. they want to actually talk about it, I think. And, and so for me, um, the big thing 
uh, was like, how do I make sense of the fact that everybody around me is telling me that queer folks are going to hell and and this church isn't? You've got to give me some good reasons for that. Just yeah. saying like, we love everybody isn't enough because I need to be able to like find a way to counter that in my own life. Yeah. So I felt like there, I needed some of that. But then the other thing for me was feeling like getting confirmed was and I'm I'm sure this is something maybe that kids feel in traditions where you do ha- where you have adult baptism. This feeling of like signing your soul away, <laughs> of being like sign on the dotted line that you believe every little bit of this dogma, you know. Right. And that was how th- that pressure was so heavy. And I thought like I don't believe all this. Like we read through the Nicene Creed every week, and I'm like, oh, okay, I get like half of it. The other half I'm not so solid on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like the nice creed. I'm yeah, like the, <laughs> the nice part. creed yeah. I'm into. The this is like the light so version. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So like it was for me, it was like, I don't believe all this stuff. And don't I have to believe it all in order to be part of this community? And I remember pretty brave as like a a teenager. (laughs) I I mean, it maybe doesn't feel the way living it. But I feel like I would have been so happy to be like, flow with it, you know, or just kind of go with it. Like, especially everyone else had like been baptized Mm. on their way to confirmation and seemed to not have like a huge problem with the Nicene Creed or whatever. Well, I think, you know, I think it really came from family pressure because a lot of the kids in my grade felt the exact same way and they were like I'm just I guess I'm just gonna do this uh, and yeah. they would kind of like find ways to make it their own but mostly it was going through the motions for your family because your family's in the church and watching this happen right. my family wasn't in the church I didn't have any family pressure so that kind of gave me a little bit of the wiggle room to be like I don't know maybe I'm not gonna <laughs> whereas sense. the other yeah. kids would have had to like really push against their parents for that yeah yeah so huh. like meeting the thing that kind of changed it for me was meeting with my pastor at one point and he was a super sweet guy um, I'm so glad that I knew him. He was like very gentle and soft spoken and very kind. And I would like walk into his office with like <laughs> Luther's small catechism and be like, but this says, what do we do with this? And he'd be like, you're 15. What, are, what do you mean? Um, <laughs> yeah, like what's going on, kid? But he said to me one time, he said, faith is not something that you hold all by yourself. Faith is like one of those big parachutes, like the big multicolored parachutes that we have in grade school or in kindergarten. Everybody stands around the outside and holds a piece of the parachute. And that's faith is we're all holding it together. So there are going to be times when you're going to have to take one of your hands off the parachute and somebody else is going to hold on to it for you for a while. And that's okay. You don't have to hold the whole thing by yourself. What a lovely way to put it. I know. And but that okay. changed it. Yeah. Totally. And that huh. is so counterintuitive to a lot of the messaging we get in mainstream American Christianity mm. where it is so individualized. Yep. It is not community oriented. Uh-huh. <laughs> it is not about the collective C church. It's yep. like... You're fine, right? Yeah. Okay, cool. Thanks for coming. <laughs> How about your personal relationship with Jesus? <laughs> yeah, no, it, and, and yeah, I feel, gosh, yeah. I want, I, I bet you could do a top 10 list of like, just kind of like slight, um, sleight of hand metaphors mm-hmm. or like parlance is a phrase that kind of effed up everybody. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Understanding of faith in Christianity because a personal relationship uh-huh. with Jesus Christ, I think is one of them where it's like, oh, it's not wrong, but then yeah. it does make it, so it is like, Go in your room and do. It's like right. taking a shit. Yeah, yeah. And like I don't know yeah. if I'm like, doing this right, and yeah. like the only thing I have to compare is to like someone else's right. like presentation of how that relationship yep. is going, which seems incredible. And yeah. so, yeah, other, it, it would be statement. nice to be like, oh, I could just lean on theirs for a little while, right. or like, exactly. a, or I can just exist halfway in, and that's fine too. Yeah, there are days when I just am not in it for the virgin birth, so somebody else <laughs> is gonna have to take care of that for me. And this podcast is Caroline and I huffing each other's fumes. Uh, You're the virgin birth. 
birth. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm the virgin and you're the birth. Yeah. You're the afterbirth. Yeah. Squish, squish. <laughs> wow. You've heard of Opie and Anthony. Well, welcome to the virgin and the afterbirth. <laughs> wow. They don't talk about Christ's afterbirth enough. Mm. There's actually, oh my gosh. Wait, good really? Intro. Mm. Good intro. There's, have you ever heard <laughs> of, I know, people are going to be like, where is Take he going with this? Have you ever heard of um, Peterson Toscano? No. Peterson Toscano is a really awesome uh, queer guy who does like church theater and he has a whole play called the afterbirth of jesus no way <laughs> it's awesome yeah so if, go look up peterson toscano he's Just amazing like about the cleanup process and everything. i mean I, to be honest <laughs> i've only seen part of that one the one that i've seen uh is now i'm trying to remember the name of it but it's like he goes through and uh, does a whole play of like gender queer people in the Bible. It's awesome. Ooh. Like, yeah, it's really, really cool. Oh, um, here's the illustration for it. Does yeah. that make you want to? <laughs> I don't right? know. It's like an intestine or something. That's what okay. afterbirth looks like, you guys. I, yeah. Jeez. Okay. I'll never find out. You I minored in agriculture, <laughs> so I spent a lot of time doing this kind of stuff with cows. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> so, so let's talk about other inflection points with yeah. identity stuff. You came out as bisexual in high school. When did other things start coming into play later in your life? So I, uh, this is like one of those questions that people are always like the, when we were talking about like questions to not ask, not that you're asking a bad question, but right. um, (laughs) Oh no, I'm, I'm very open to real time correction. I welcome it and it's a gift. No, you, you totally asked it in a way that completely made sense. Uh, the thing that people often ask is like, when did you first know that you were transgender, right? Which right, is like which is this, a false framing. Exactly. Yes. And so like, that's the question that I'm always like, let me push back. But the question of like, how did this all come about came through the lens of going to seminary, mm-hmm. which was kind of weird um, when you think about it. I So like, not... I'm sure it was not a surprise to that pastor that I was hounding that like this kid would grow up and go to seminary. But everybody in my life, especially my family members that knew how hard I was pushing back against Christianity, when I told them like, I'm going to go to seminary when I finished college, they were all like, what? Uh (laughs) Where is this coming from? Like, what's (laughs) happening here? Uh, I thought you hated Christians. (laughs) And it wasn't true. I was just, I have my beefs. But the going to seminary was this really weird process where I started because um, I, w- I still wanted those answers, like the answers that I was looking for previously at this church about like, why do these people believe this and these people believe this and they're completely different and yet we are having, we have the same faith? Like how does that, somebody make sense of this? And I felt like I couldn't find those answers anywhere and I thought, you know what, I'll go to seminary. They have all the answers in seminary. <laughs> no, no, no. They have them on special books that yeah. you can't check out <laughs> at the library, but they only, have them there. Yes, only on, <laughs> what's the what's the like course reserve thing? You can't even take the book out. <laughs> JSTOR. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I, I went to seminary because I wanted to find some answers to these questions about like why we believe what we believe and a lot of it I started out as a youth and family ministry uh, major because I thought I was going to do that because I'd done it previously like just you know in churches I'd been in and so I thought cool I'll make a job out of this I can at least get you know couldn't do anything with my liberal arts degree at least I can get this degree and do something sure. with it when you went in did you think like oh I'll get the answers I'll feel more comfortable being involved in working for the church and then I'll go forward like yeah I about it right I just kind of wanted something to say when people would say like 
like I knew I felt like I was relying entirely on my own experience. And so I didn't have an answer when people would be like, but you can't be bisexual and Christian. And I would be like, but I am. Mm-hmm. And they'd be like, that's not <laughs> good enough. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. so I wanted something to like combat that with. I It felt very combative. Right. I wanted to be able to win the argument. Um, and so I thought, like, if I can get the facts, I can win the argument. Of course, we know now facts don't matter. So I, I went to seminary, started out in youth and family ministry, realized very quickly that it, even though I loved the kids I worked with as an intern, all I wanted to do was sit and read Hebrew. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I was like fascinated by all of these Old Testament or Hebrew Bible texts because those were the ones that were getting thrown at me all the time. Right. And so I was like, OK, there's got to be something more here. And I ended up being in more dialogue with Jewish communities and realizing that Jewish communities are way further along with LGBT acceptance than Christian communities are. And yet they're reading the text that we see as like the old bad ones, right? And like, how does that make sense? So anyways, throughout that process of kind of learning, I realized that even though I felt like I kind of had the orientation or sexuality thing figured out, and I felt like I kind of had some of the faith stuff figured out, there was this gender thing that I hadn't wanted to deal with because it felt like one more thing. Like, I've already put my parents through coming out once. Like, I don't want to do that to them again. Yeah, it's more, it's not even like the emotional labor. It's like, oh, I'm just tired. Yes. Another chore. Another There's thing so much to research. figure out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So it felt like too much. And so I, I had been kind of ignoring it for a really, really long time. And I realized while I was in seminary, like part of it was just being in a community of people that was like, we were really earnestly trying to be like authentic with each other and like even though that's so buzzwordy it's like we really were trying to be a community that could be real and vulnerable with each other and I realized that I couldn't do that if I just had walls up around this one part of my life all the time and so I ended up saying like um I mean I ended up getting to the point that I think lots of trans folks lots of queer folks in general get to which is like I literally can't live like this anymore. So I'm going to have to do something different, you know? And so it was, you know, a little bit after. And, and so I came out as trans to just like my close friends and like my sisters, I have two younger sisters who are awesome. um, And they were all very supportive, but I wasn't sure if I should come out at seminary because the seminary was not LGBT affirming officially. They had LGBT folks there. We had a GSA group, but they're not officially affirming and they'd never had a trans person graduate before. And so I was like, do I want to be the first? Yeah. Yeah. Is there anybody? (laughs) Anybody else else want to go first? Jump in. Yeah. Yeah. Test the water. Right. So I graduated. And then as soon as I graduated, uh, officially came out and they were really nice about it. And like after the fact, and they've had we're a couple like of right friends. after you got the diploma. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, pretty much. Yeah. Like, <laughs> thank you. Surprise. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Exactly. So it was kind of, uh, it was kind of funny. And like, I look back on that day and like the pictures that we took that day and like, I was like presenting completely masculine. Like this was not a surprise. I don't think to anybody, mm-hmm. but yeah. So I came out right after graduating from seminary and, um, since then, I've been trying to kind of make uh, some of the stuff that I learned more accessible to folks because you shouldn't have to have a master's degree to figure out if it's okay to be queer and Christian. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I know. And so much of the I love what you said before about people saying you can't be bisexual and Christian. You're like, well, I am. Yeah. And it's it's just it's always the simple fact of existence that mm-hmm. can be. The, pow- the most powerful testimony rather than yeah. like, well, if you, and you can do all this stuff and you have done this stuff in terms of like the scholarship or like, if you go back to Baba, right. but like just existing and like, no, nah, no, these two things are yeah. true at the same time. Oh, can I hit you with a cool theology thing? Yes. <laughs> hey, do you know about the Wesleyan quadrilateral? 
I mean, we talk about it all the time on the show. It's one <laughs> yeah, of our segments. Honestly. <laughs> it should be. It's a great. Okay, <laughs> I can tell let you me, don't listen. Me... <laughs> but you know what? Explain it to us just as because if we're dummies. <laughs> right, right. Don't at all know yes, what you're talking exactly, about. Exactly, right. Uh, so this was something I was introduced to because it's part of the Methodist tradition. So this was not something that I knew about until I started working with Methodists. But there's this thing called the Wesleyan quadrilateral. And the idea is it's like a it's a box, right? A quad uh, with four sides. And John Wesley said that our theology is kind of like based on these four things that all balance so it's um, scripture tradition reason and experience so like we balance all of those Mm -hmm. four things in our theology and I love that understanding and like Wesley and and other folks will say like okay but we give prior or like the most importance to for instance the Bible right or the most most importance to the church's tradition or whatever it is so people are going to have different weights on that Mm -hmm. but the idea of balancing your faith between those four things was so revolutionary to me as somebody who grew up thinking like the Bible is the only truth and like your experience doesn't matter because like the Bible's the only thing that's real right yeah and so that was like a really cool thing that I remember learning about uh, in seminary just thinking like okay Bible tradition scripture experience like reason like yeah and that experience kinda... can have just as much weight yeah. on how you think about the world mm-hmm. can feel really validating well yeah. and i think you and i caroline are probably both in parts of our life where experience is a lot of the probably most it takes yeah. Yeah. Most yeah. Of... <laughs> i'm to not be like... honest yeah oh well what a script let me check says. joshua <laughs> real quick yeah, yeah. 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 Let me check what does joshua Josh? say about you know genocide uh. hey, joshy is it warren or is it <laughs> biden i don't know um, <laughs> Joshy is like a magic. That's eight so interesting. Ball. My husband one time like just said something in passing about like how Christians are idolatrous with the Bible, mm-hmm. and I'd never heard someone dare to say that before. Yeah, and I was like, true. Oh my god, yeah, that makes so much sense. Yeah, when you like throw out so many lives and experiences mm-hmm. for the sake of like something that Paul wrote one time yeah, or whatever yeah. that Paul be really... would be like horrified that his stuff is like on <laughs> right. par with She's the like, Torah yeah. absolutely whoa, whoa, not whoa. you are not supposed to take that literally yeah, yeah. right <laughs> Paul's not a good example I imagine he'd be very, very rigid about uh, what he wrote but anyway um, yeah I'm not yeah so it's nice to be like yeah there's there's all these things work together right. and like and of course culture has fed how we believe and vice versa and right. so why are we pretending like it didn't yeah and yeah. I love that reason is a part of that like quad because the idea of like all the times the church has had to reverse positions on things because science has weighed in and been like, actually, that's not true. Yeah. <laughs> it's like really cool to think about. Like, yeah, we did think that the earth or the sun revolved around the earth. And then we had to walk that back because reason <laughs> came in and said, no. Yeah. Like being reasonable is so yeah. helpful to mm-hmm. remember is one thing too. Yeah. The, if this is true and what else must be true, if you incorporate, okay, the earth is round, then you must incorporate Recent science yes. and data about yes. what we understand about sexuality, what we understand mm-hmm. about gender exactly. and things like that. Or even that stuff along the line of like a more philosophical line where you can say like lying is always bad, mm-hmm. but then you can be like, well, what about if you're hiding someone in your house mm-hmm. during, you know, Germany in World War II right. or whatever? Oh, and then you like, did see JoJo. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I know, it's really top of mind. And like lying is not bad, you know, right. like so having reason and like letting that stuff weigh yeah. into like what your principles are too. And this is helpful. why we're all enjoying the good place, right? Because <laughs> yes. it's a great show about philosophy. Yeah. yeah. Sure. <laughs> oh. Never seen an episode. Oh, you should. It's I so funny. I have friends wrote on it, but I've never watched it. <laughs> wow. I know it's weird, right? That I haven't watched it, but whatever. The first it's fine. We now, still like you. Yeah. Let me, uh, thank you. I like you too. I Let me, let me posit this kind of, 
conundrum to you because you you are someone for whom I feel like most of the people that we have on the show come from different kinds of background, like comedy background, and a lot of people <laughs> like were raised in the church, then became de church. Now they like believe in something or mm-hmm. believe in a version of it, or kind of in this kind of like mishmash, like Caroline and I are. Mm-hmm. But you are theology forward. You are this is your life. You've studied this stuff. You know this stuff. It's not an interesting hobby that you just look at a few <laughs> Wikipedia articles at three in the morning. Like, I mean, sometimes I do look at Wikipedia. <laughs> also, with that, but <laughs> that's the fifth quadrant, uh, right? <laughs> Wikipedia is the fifth late part. night Wikipedia <laughs> perusal of the Wesleyan quadrilateral. <laughs> Ooh, I could get He's by like, that. Well, let's just. <laughs> an easy way to look stuff up so <laughs> let's be uh, practical here guys i'm not a monster uh but my current understanding of gender stuff that if it's wrong as far as like a worldview of the church and then maybe it's even a compare and contrast with yours but my my current understanding with it is that i don't believe in scripture mm-hmm. that there is substantial enough evidence to say that christians should be non-affirming i think the bible there's enough in scripture to say we can affirm all gender identities, all sexualities. Mm -hmm. But the thing I always say in follow up to that is, and if I'm wrong, I don't really care. (laughs) You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So that's like me, like thinking in that quadrilateral. Right. right? Yeah. You got it. You got it. (laughs) Thinking that quadrilateral, that's me appealing to scripture first. If that's what the other person wants to talk about and intend to first. And then if that falters being like, Man, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> is that a is that a bad attitude? Because I, I just wonder if it's dismissive in some way or if if to say even if I'm wrong, I don't care is me like ceding the ground to the other person. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I know what you mean too, of like in a lot of these social issues I just don't find the Bible very useful Mm -hmm. and that may be just because I have a very narrow view of what the Bible couldn't be Mm. or because it actually isn't useful (laughs) in that moment and in that and in this like area experience actually is going to like be the trump card in the Mm -hmm. situation yeah yeah it's funny because I was literally just talking to my girlfriend about how I feel bad sometimes because there are situations where um I care like 80 percent of the time for me uh the situation is I care more about how this particular, how the interpretation of this passage is going to affect people's actual lives than I care about whether the interpretation is 100% accurate. Mm, Yeah. (laughs) And like that's, so like for instance, I was just having an argument with a friend of mine who uh, is also a Hebrew scholar, a much better Hebrew scholar than I am. And we were discussing whether or not David and Jonathan were queer. And the like, because like, because it's definitely to me in the text and to him, it definitely isn't. And it's not because he's not affirming. He's totally affirming, but he doesn't think it's truly in the text the way that I do. Mm. And for me, it comes down to, well, even if it's not really accurate to the text, reading David and Jonathan as queer is going to be so healing to queer folks who need that representation that I almost don't care if that interpretation is right or not, you know? (laughs) (laughs) And I will never in any interpersonal relationship again, and I've probably done it in the past, I will never value scripture over experience. Yeah. It's just not going to happen again for me. And yeah. I know yeah. other people can and will and still do, but mm-hmm. it just doesn't feel helpful at this totally. point. Well, yeah, and I feel like I our that. training was, as we grew up with so much like 
anecdotal experience is such a shifty ground. Like you really yes. can't base anything off of that. You can't trust your heart. Can't trust your heart. Yeah, you can't trust. Heart is deceitful. And then, like, and then it's yeah. a gray area. It's all relativism because their experience means right. they can murder. You know, yeah, it like right. always goes to that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. Yep. It's always that slippery slope. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And their so, experience <laughs> means they can murder. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like a Piper sermon. It's pretty sure. much yeah. like yeah, like that's pretty much how it was introduced to me. So right. so that's why I always feel like. Well, I either have to choose the Bible or anecdotal worldview. Right. And so I'm just going to choose anecdotal because it seems less painful for more people. Totally. Yeah. And I mean, like, I think that's like when I look around at other folks that were raised in conservative, mostly evangelical backgrounds, like the one thing that I think that fucked us up. Can, can I swear? Is that OK? Yes. Yeah. The one thing we that I think want that, you to swear. <laughs> the one thing that I think fucked us up the most is that sense of you can't trust yourself. Yes. Like that is the underlying problem that almost all of us have. Is Put it on the top to 10 trust. list. Yeah, yeah for sure. Seriously. And so like the but I, I don't know. I hope that it's not a question of you either choose scripture or you choose experience. I hope that there's a middle ground because I think that's a false binary that is put out there. And so for me, I hope that I can find places where experience and scripture meet and make sense. And those are the places that I'm going to feel strongest about, mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> but they don't always, you know, it's yeah. not always true. And I guess I, I mean, you can use the Bible in that situation and be like, what bears more fruit in that yes, situation? Absolutely. And so like, if these are meeting, it's actually causing people joy, relief, mm -hmm. safety, freedom, et cetera. Right. It's probably a good one, yeah. you know, versus like a majority of people feeling bad. Right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It sounded like you were riffing on like the new fruits of the spirit edition, like <laughs> safety, yeah. freedom. Yeah. Yeah. Vulnerability. Did you say kisses? I said consent. Oh, consent. consent. Oh, yeah. Kisses with consent. I'm right. It's a hyphen. Consent kisses. Kisses slash consent. Yeah. Man. Yeah. So, it, yeah, it does. It does fit. Man, I want to make that top 10 list now with this stuff. That's I a second bet, service that's right there. That's a second there. service That's right a there. second service. Yeah. <laughs> that's a second service. So, on the subject of, what do you, how do you think of your relationship with God now? Hmm. That's a good question. I I feel like um, one of the things that I recently read, my favorite theologian is a Jewish theologian. His name is Abraham Joshua Heschel, uh, which is just a great name. Amazing. Uh, he's my favorite theologian, and I was just reading um, uh, something that he wrote about like ebbs and flows in faith recently, and then about how not how to not feel bad about them. <laughs> mm -hmm. He talks about how um, faith is like. Uh, lightning and people are like some people feel like they're just like getting flashes all the time so much that it's like they can see everything it's light all the time and other people get like one flash in their entire lifetime and they kind of got to like go on that but his point is that your faith is not necessarily a faith in God the act of faith is your um, your loyalty to the moment of inspiration and knowing that that yes that was something that happened to me and I believe in that and I don't have to discount it because somebody said that it didn't really happen or because it happened 10 years ago like mm -hmm. your loyalty to your own experience of faith is faith which I thought was really cool and that's been helpful for mm -hmm. me because I feel like you know it goes up and down and there yeah. are times when I'm like I'm not feeling it y'all wow. <laughs> yeah. but that's okay do you ever feel like uh in talking about it all the time, like it's hard to feel reflective about it. Oh yeah, so I feel a lot of the time. Yeah, I mean, um, <laughs> I'm reaching I out to Caroline. Like. <laughs> Do you feel like you just want to die because of the public die eye that's so much on you? Just lie down forever. <laughs> yeah, right. No, yeah, I would lie down in a hole and just kind of. 
get cozy. Yeah, no, I totally, yeah. Because if it's something that you talk about all the time and it's something that becomes work, then it can no longer be rest in some ways. I've been fascinated recently with learning about how um, like pastors and rabbis and imams and other people of faith who are professional people of faith uh, take Sabbath and like what that looks like for them when your faith is your work. How do you not do that? Take a break from yeah. it. And yeah. And like the answer yeah. so far for most people is they just fucking don't. And that's why we burn out. Yeah. <laughs> but like the, I feel like, yeah, there are times when you're like, I can't just experience God because I'm talking about God all the time. Somebody who talks about that a lot is Henry Nowen, who is a wonderful, uh, he was a priest and a wonderful mm-hmm. writer. He talks all the time about the frustration of like reading some great text and instead of taking it in and like really experiencing it in his heart he's like what essay am i gonna write about yeah, this just <laughs> like, yes, the mill. Abso- yeah. yes exactly so like yeah. i feel like that's such a common thing and it's it's you've got to at least what now says about it is that you have to make very specific time to be like i am not going to do work right now even though i really want to so yeah that's tough i i that happens to me all the time i'm like oh i could use this for our next bible study yeah. <laughs> no yeah. i know i start to view a lot of art through that person yeah this show unfortunately yep. Yep. Where anything where it's like someone says god i'm like can we do this on the podcast <laughs> <laughs> or like jesus pops in i'm like oh this will be good for second service yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> just making everything into content that's yeah. what millennials do yeah i mean <laughs> yes the uh, the the endless monetization of self mm-hmm. one could say mm-hmm. is this how we okay, come on <laughs> so g a moment uh, come on i start blushing <laughs> this is how we're announcing our two-year sabbatical mm-hmm. from the podcast bye okay see you bye, bye, bye see listeners. later let me live let me live (laughs) oh no no this is my life you could take a month or two off if you wanted to Okay, what a weird thing to say to what? me in the middle of the podcast. <laughs> I'm just saying, if you wanted, I, okay, I never wanted to. This is going to happen right after the voting off of the episode. Yeah. 100. <laughs> yeah. Or we. Would you we, take two months off the podcast? Well, no, because someone has to be here. It's a ship. <laughs> it's a ship. That seems wrong, too, right? Why? Like, because you're also not willing to take a sabbatical. But you want to give me a break, which is kind. Right, but I think it has a different price. We can talk about this. <laughs> but you got to give yourself the break, too. Everybody's got to take a break. For sure. This is a great Kit Kat uh, (laughs) mid-roll ad if we were doing it. (laughs) This week's podcast sponsored by Kit Kat. The great folks at Kit Kat are ready to give you (laughs) one. Go to uh, take a break or you're going to want to lie down forever. Jesus. (laughs) KitKatSabbath.com. Use the code KillMe at KitKat.com. Oh boy. Well, speaking of breaks, let's take a break right now. Austin, thank you so much for sharing your story Thanks. and your journey you. and all of your thoughts and insights. Um, and you can check out more of those thoughts and insight in your book, Transforming the Bible and Lives of Transgender Christians. It's a book I've read partially yes, and I'm in good. the middle of reading. <laughs> I, was I, waiting for it. It. I was waiting I for it. I was waiting for it. I feel like I could be honest and you wouldn't be offended. No, 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 I'm not offended. But like, I always tell people it's not required. You don't have to. Like every time somebody meets me and they're like, I'm so sorry. And I'm like, you don't have to be no, sorry. No, I know. It's like it would be if I was mad that someone didn't listen to the show. But like it's truly, it's written in a voice that is so good at not talking down to anyone and really coming at it from a, a macro level that breaks down things in such a simple but effective way that then gets oh. into the nuance and complexities of, of what it even just like defining the difference between like 
gender identity and sexual identity and what's in between your ears and what's in between your legs. Even mm-hmm. just like simple dichotomies like that where it's like, well, okay, that's how I'm going to think about that forever. So <laughs> we definitely recommend that book. Uh, and on that note, we'll take a break and we'll be right back with more Good Christian Fun. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome back to Good Christian Fun. It's time to dive into the topic. Come on, let's go. Do you recognize that, Austin? Vaguely. <laughs> is it, well, this is what I want to ask you is about your Christian my pop music? culture like exposure. What yes. would you okay, know? Okay, so stuff? my music background was my first uh, CD that I ever bought was Avalon. So Testify to Love was like oh, a baby. base okay. level, yeah. you know. Um, and I uh, had some newsboys, but not very much. I was not that into them. Uh, yes, thank you. I like the uh, the <laughs> intro bars, and I'm like there. <laughs> yeah, one of their hits. Yes, classic. I did a human video to this. Oh, didn't you do a human? Video I mean, too? listen. <laughs> Most music. <laughs> Me on a first date. You hear I turn on my speaker. You hear this song? Oh my god. I did a human video. It's crazy, too. but she's like, oh my stars. <laughs> Here I go. A little bit of newsboys, yep, and then yep, and that was like I'm trying to think what. Uh, oh, and Switchfoot. Of okay, course. yeah. Um, so it, I feel like music-wise, Switchfoot was the one that I really got into. That like I was old enough to be like really paying attention, and I was like, these guys get it. There was a for some reason in my high school among the Christian kids, there was some rivalry, and I, maybe this is a larger thing. There was rivalry rivalry between the kids that like Switchfoot and the kids. The, like five iron frenzy there was like oh, an argument interesting it was very instinct backstreet boys yes i don't know why but like two wildly frenzy. different genres i know i guess that makes sense that they'd go head to head though that really is the two personalities that, yeah you're introvert much. you're an extrovert yeah. you're a cat you're a dog you're newsboy well, anyway, <laughs> uh, no kevin apply your uh, theory to this no, situation what by the way that happened? episode hasn't come out yet on patreon <laughs> so you look like an idiot yeah I I do for sure. <laughs> I uh, okay. People are gonna hear this Friday. I, you know what? No, just listen. You know, to the yeah, Patreon save it for Friday. Yeah, save it, it for Teasing Friday. It. Whatever. Anyway, yeah. Okay. So those things. Uh, so you fell in the Switchfoot category. Yes, I was a okay. Switchfoot kid for sure. I'm I think get I'm with it. you. I'm Team Switchfoot. Well, they continue to make music, and they all seem, you know, it's aged well, and I feel like they're socially okay. I don't know if they're affirming though. I don't know I if they are either. So. I I would doubt it, but I, have I get no idea. a uh, yeah. I get a strong Tim Chadwick vibe from them. I'm not like, an affirm. Nice people, <laughs> but yeah, I really wouldn't do that. Well, I dare them <laughs> to affirm. 
I dare them to move their Let's position on that. Let's have a conversation behind closed doors. Let's talk about if you're making sexuality an idol. <laughs> identity politics. Oh, identity no. politics. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, so where did Superbook come in in all of this? Mm. So when we were thinking about things to talk about, uh, Superbook was like one of the first things that popped into my mind. Not because I remember watching that many of the episodes. Apparently, I looked it up. I looked up on Wikipedia. I was reading Wikipedia. Hey. The, the oh, fifth member favorite. of the... Yeah. Wesleyan's uh, Wiki. Exactly, yes. <laughs> uh, and it was. It said something that there were... I think it said that there were almost like 52 episodes or something over two seasons, which is wild. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't remember watching that many, but I remember watching the ones that we had a lot. So I have a feeling that we had like two VHS tapes and I just watched them over and over. Okay, got it. Um, but the episode we're talking about today was one that I like remember so much about in just like visual memory like I don't remember very much you know how like the stuff that you watch when you're a kid you just have like snippets of things that you look at or you hear and you're like oh weird that I have such a strange it's like a word out of context that you can like repeat verbatim in a specific cadence or something yes yeah Yeah. like when I was watching that I thought I figured that was the case like Mm -hmm. I have those two some weird animated bible series like I know so well in my brain but I couldn't tell you what they were about yeah and like yeah. haven't seen in years mine yeah. are the McCarthy here <laughs> <laughs> wow well, all right. the yeah. Yeah. here we and go you're pro McCarthy in that yeah, situation oh, oh, right fully totally <laughs> and let people know that that's you betray case. your people like that the Reds the, oh the Reds. okay <laughs> oh the look of pride on Caroline's uh-oh, face uh-oh. unparalleled <laughs> hey slam dunk <laughs> wow just dabbing going on here you can't you can't do it one more time no i'm kidding uh here's the <laughs> there we go the book, you know, i didn't know what i was gonna find i saw the flash of light just before now oh what a beautiful sight then i was flying like Elton John a little bit. I was like, is Elton this somebody? John, Billy Joel. Yeah, there yeah. was. Yeah. While I was listening to this, I was like, should I know who this person's voice is? This sounds so familiar. <laughs> yeah, right? na, 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 and I tried na, to look na, it up, na. and I couldn't find out who little it was. Keith Green. Oh yeah, I can see a little Keith Green. Mm-hmm. It's fabulous. Though. I love it. <laughs> little Keith Green, Kermit the Frog. <laughs> <laughs> little Keith Green. <laughs> Good grief. The one thing that I immediately was like, what the heck is they don't say the word bible in the entire episode it's called superbook and they never say the word bible <laughs> and is, it, is this a japanese thing okay so yeah so again yeah. with the wikipedia page i was looking this up and i was like I what the heck too. so yeah. this came out in like it started coming out in 1983 which or is, it says first 26 aired from 81 to 82 and then 83 to 83 yeah. okay yeah so like early 80s and it was the first like christian sponsored anime essentially mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. it was done in this japanese studio and then they did a bunch of like it was for the Christian Broadcasting Network, but it started out at this Japanese animation studio, which yeah, is so weird. Which then that tradition carried on with Pokemon, which we all know is a Christian uh, yes. anime show. Yeah. Pikachu. Pikachu is Jesus. <laughs> no, 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 no. He's a Christian. Uh, well, wait, no. He's kind of like, like Harry Potter. Well, I guess in this analogy, trying to think of what Frodo, Pokemon would be. He'd be Jesus. a lot. He'd be a lost soul, and like Ash is trying to catch them oh. all, like save them. Oh, oh. like a little prodigal Pikachu. Yeah. Prodigal Pikachu. Oh. I love that. Pika Pika Pika. I read on the CBN website for this show, which mm-hmm. is still running now, by the way. It's wow. like a whole new CGI version. Oh, yeah, I know. Of they did it. Looks when I, I, it does. Weird. When I looked it up yeah. on YouTube, I was like, this is not what I and want. And they're like investing a lot in it. Like, there was 
a lot of stuff on that website to look up. Wow. But anyway, they said that this originally was made by CBN as outreach to Japan. Oh, well, that's creepy. Now I, I know, don't like right? That. So they Ew, like what? they wanted to like <laughs> send the gospel to Japan, yeah. and then got this studio to help them animate it. Um, and then eventually, it also broadcast in the USSR for a what? little while. That's so weird. So on the website, so like potentially reached millions with the gospel <laughs> who had never heard it before. And yeah, I'm like, sure. I don't know okay. how effective like super book was. But yeah, whatever. Gosh, evangelicals as far as the number stuff goes is like what Netflix is now when they're <laughs> right. like, like you can billion yes. people watched. Uh, <laughs> she's my maybe or whatever that dumb movie is called. Where it's like, and they'll all go maybe. to heaven. Yeah. Oh, that's what it feels like. Four billion people downloaded our Christian Bible. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so that's yeah. probably why they don't say the word Bible now that I think about it. So in case there was some sort of like censorship But these thing, are the English maybe. dubs, so... Right, yeah. yeah, that's true. So I have no idea what the, orig- like, oh, the Japanese the Japanese, Japanese title of it was like, it was called like... Uh, <laughs> animated time for children and parents. Oh yeah! Instead of Superbook, which is so right. strange. Animated yeah. parent and child theater. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So it really was cloak and dagger. Yeah. I, I don't know anything about. I don't know if Japan has censorship in the way China does. So that may be on my butt. But there's a drop. Yeah. <laughs> Shut <laughs> the fuck. Damn it. <laughs> uh, here's like a kind of a flavor of the dialogue and acting you'll get in Superbook. Thanks for taking the blame, Joy. If I hadn't called you, it wouldn't have happened. Too bad the jar got broken. Lucky for us, it was a genuine fake. (laughs) (laughs) It sounds like it sounds like Itchy and Scratchy on Simpsons. Like where's our friend Poochie? (laughs) Yeah, it sounds like it's from the '60s in a way. I I was surprised it was in the '80s. Yeah, I remember one of the things I remember about like hearing that the so the boy's name is wow Chris Chris yeah Chris Peeper yeah I know which I was like that's a weird last name. (laughs) (laughs) Party of one. (laughs) (laughs) One of the things that I remember about his voice is that I remember even as a kid thinking I'm pretty sure that's a woman voicing that character (laughs) and like there was something there was something about that that I was like I like this I like the gender nonconformity going on here oh yeah I feel like that gender nonconformity Superbook walked so yeah Simpsons gay rights could, could run, run. I don't know yeah. or nope. gay so gay rights could run uh, put that on TikTok Taylor. damn it <laughs> no I feel like that's almost a staple of the voice acting uh, yeah community. right that's just the way that it works where it is like yeah June Foray and then uh, all the Junior women Asparagus on yes, Veggie Tales yes or the women on The Simpsons for oh, a more yeah. relatable. Yeah. <laughs> well, Tress juicy McNeil, yeah. Linda Jeez. Belcher. Yeah, this, that, oh, that's right. Well, yeah, other way the, around. With the gentleman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, Chris and Joy, two best friends who are boy and girl. Yeah. Is this the Kevin and Caroline of Superbook? That's nice. Then who's, who's our gizmo? <laughs> Does then? Joy gizmo? like kick him in the nuts all the time? <laughs> <laughs> Chris, you're being a bit of a cuck right now. <laughs> What the hell? Good idea, Chris. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you're right. Yeah, that moment where like Chris broke something and then Joy was like, no, it's my fault. I was like, don't let her take the blame for your bullshit, Chris. I know. And she's like, but really, it was my fault if I hadn't like talked to you. And then the dad's like, I don't care. It's all fake, man. (laughs) Okay, I will say, um, just like a kind of big picture 
Oh, no, maybe, should we tell them what episode we're watching? Oh, they yeah, this is the know. giant killer. Yeah. Of course, this is David the giant killer. Episode. David and Goliath, and then David and his friend? Question, <laughs> Question mark? mark? Brandon? Wait, what's his name? <laughs> Jonathan. <laughs> Jonathan. <laughs> Excuse me. David and Brandon. <laughs> David and Brandon. Oh, that'd be cool, too. Uh, yeah, which we found on YouTube. You can watch on YouTube if you're so inclined. Uh, but yeah, the animation style of this stuff, this is... Uh, this is true even what I remember growing up as a kid. There's something about this genre, like 60s to 80s, where mm-hmm. it is this like stop start, maybe like 10, 12 frames a second. And and even anime, this is like a staple where it's like obviously the mouth doesn't mm-hmm. match as much. This is going to sound weird, but it makes me feel unsafe to watch. <laughs> oh, no. like, like when I'm watching it, even when I was a kid, I remember seeing like, old cartoons on Cartoon Network like mm-hmm. past 11 p.m. or whatever after like their originals and stuff. And it's like, <laughs> I shouldn't be watching this. <laughs> like there's something that feels strangely forbidden and I'm in huh. this like weird uncanny valley zone and just the way that the characters are moving yeah. and that the voices sound so like kind of old and yeah. haunted yeah, and Yeah, David away. is like a 35 year old oh, yeah. man yeah. and he's like 12. And a, yeah, there is like a strange like discord and everything. Yeah. It, fe- can feel it feels like, like a strange nightmare. <laughs> It, it, it does feel weird. It, which is a, a, a weird thing to say. Blah, blah, blah. Gizmo. <laughs> <laughs> we should, oh my gosh, that moment when Gizmo tries turn. to... Oops. <laughs> Excuse me. When Gizmo tries to use the sling and then just says, failure. Oh, yeah. I was like, that is such a mood, I Gizmo. Like, I hope Kevin makes that a, a, a drop. <laughs> Can I have that? Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> my turn. <laughs> Failure. <laughs> Those are the two oh, flavors. Woman on... too, now that I think about it. Sure. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Uh, can you explain to us, Austin, the general premise of Superbook, the television series? Okay. So the idea is that the kids. It's a little bit. It reminds me a little bit of Wishbone. Like if you watch Wishbone as a kid, where they like have like there's the A storyline, or it's really the B storyline of like what's going on in real life, and then the A storyline of what's going on in make believe land, right? And what's, usually what's going on in real life is everyone hates that neighbor lady, Ellen, or whatever. Oh my God, I loved is. Ellen. Yeah. <laughs> Ellen in Rock. this show? No, no in Wishbone. Sorry, got into Wishbone for a second. I want to see Wishbone. I just went back and watched some Wishbone on YouTube because the episodes are on YouTube. Oh, is it good? Oh yeah. It's, and it's so funny to watch because it's just like classic 90s clothing where everything is like eight sizes too big. Yeah. <laughs> Including <it>. Wishbone. <laughs> <laughs> he was wearing huge flannels. <laughs> he couldn't move in them. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, so the basic premise of Superbook is that there's something going on in the real world, but then the kids get like sucked into this Superbook, into one of the stories in the Bible, and they go into the story and they get to like observe what really happened. Yeah. Uh, what is Gizmo? Gizmo is the... Pro- okay, so these kids live with this She's professor. She's the moment. She's an icon. <laughs> we stand. She has the range. <laughs> Gizmo belongs to the professor that they uh the, okay, i don't so they understand kind of what like, their like relationship is with the professor I to be on honest wikipedia speaking of that he is chris's dad okay well that makes sense strange yeah, yeah. i mean like, like it's it better like than just Chronicles living with Narnia some random old more. guy yeah right it's like kids who live with a random like genius who, yeah like, has left them gizmo the crusading robot the name of the two characters depending on oh the my season. god the season one he's a robot. speaking of black yeah, mirror right. <laughs> he is an advanced toy figure belonging to chris that can become a real life robot then in season two gizmo become became a real life size robot built by a yuri's oh, father oh he was okay. a toy okay yeah. yeah you know it's like star wars stuff right. get a Just silly R2-D2. droid in there in yeah. fact it probably was directly you know this was actually yeah five years after star wars yeah. came out or whatever yeah. so they're yeah 
But there was also like the the Robinsons or Lost in Space. Yeah, they had a right. robot. I don't know, just like history in general. There's Sorry, I didn't know I was going to get the oral history of robots <laughs> robot by Caroline Ely. Is this a BuzzFeed laundry <laughs> over here? <laughs> yeah, you have to do some reading. BB-8, get at me. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I was um, surprised that they didn't really do anything with it. You no, know no, I mean? they don't like affect history in any right. way. So, <laughs> so the premise is just like, they watch it yeah. and they like sometimes check in and What's fun, by contrast, about VeggieTales is that there is always, like, a take or a bend or, like, even, like, vegetable puns and stuff or, like, analogies. But this is just, like, here's an animated whatever was going on in the Bible. Right. And then, like, two weird kids and a robot dog watching it, like, maybe 10 feet (laughs) back. But, like, half of their scenes are them looking through windows. Yes. Like, that's why he's called Peeper. And then they'll, like, like, break something every once in a while and it doesn't affect anything. Yeah. Right. Um, They're not active participants in the story, which it is funny because, like, I don't think that ever bothered me as a kid, but it doesn't seem like it would make for a good story yeah it would bother me now well i i guess it is just like if it was truly like a tbn thing of like we gotta invade japan with our evangelicalism maybe it is just like okay well these kids will be the avatar for the kids watching at home and then you're just watching you're a kid watching a kid watching the bible right yeah it's even just like here's a bible talk to david a lot now they do yeah they talk to david but the like they don't change anything about what's going on oh joy's got a little thing for david oh yeah (laughs) that moment where david's like i don't know what you're talking oh yeah she's like david's really cute and he's like i don't know what words you're saying (laughs) (laughs) no they've been talking this whole time david says i don't know her it is strange that's a translation thing. I don't. This is such a split second thing, but uh, when the Bible opened up and they saw the photo that they were about to enter, which uh-huh. was David's world, oh, it was a person of color, he's, right? Yes. He's like black or right, a person yeah. of color, and I was like, "Wow, I've never seen this before." And this it's is like, so cool. Don't worry. And then white. Yeah, don't <laughs> like worry. You won't see it again. Like, ah, oh, well, that's uh-huh. an interesting thing about anime in general is that like a lot of the time when western audiences watch anime they assume that the characters are white when they're supposed to be drawn in a way that reads to japanese people as japanese because it's because it's apparently not like a skin tone thing it's about the shape of the features and so it's there's been some weird stuff about like people being like is this character white or japanese and people have like different interpretations of that so anyways that's a general anime thing with this particular thing they are clearly white (laughs) clearly 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 Uh uh-huh yeah Yeah. that that moment where the book the where the book just starts like glowing in the desk and they like open it up and i was like my first thought was if i had just fucked something up and my bible started glowing i would not be as psyched as these kids are (laughs) yay we're in trouble (laughs) i'm about to be smoked once an obedient man of god but his victories went to his head, and he became proud and sinful. The Lord was angry with Saul, a cup. and sorry that he had made him the king. That's why Saul's mind was disturbed. Like, this makes me feel like I'm in a nightmare. It's like, really it, scary. Dude, yeah. It disturbs me. Is and that like, weird? Goliath. <laughs> and like, from a today perspective, too, the fact that uh, just before that, when somebody asked David what was going on with Saul, David says he has battle fatigue, which is what we used to call PTSD. <laughs> so you oh, basically really? said oh Saul has God. PTSD because oh he's God. sinful. Like, uh. I didn't even catch that <laughs> at all. Yeah. Yeah. I did notice like, Oh, that doesn't quite follow that. Like he's crazy because God has decided he's like unhappy with right. him right yeah. now. It's like, it's well, a little messy. Good. <laughs> hmm. But just going along with it, I did. I was a dumbass. Cause I, I was a dumbass. <laughs> 
it's funny watching this because I did it did take a second for me to be like, Oh yeah, David killed the giant. Oh wait, that's the same David with Bathsheba later. Know, yeah, right? same, same dude. dude. <laughs> we, got, we learned so many of those things in isolation. That, yeah, like, putting yeah. things on a timeline is so to hard put them for together me like, all yeah. the time. What the hell? I'm like, oh yeah. Wait, Saul, we did know earlier. Uh, yeah. We did this. And, we yeah. loved Saul like a couple chapters ago. <laughs> no right. longer. He seems like a different guy. Yeah. yeah I know uh, what you mean. Did you ever watch The Flying House? No. That was like a sibling like uh, show to this one, apparently, which I didn't realize until I was like reading the Wikipedia page and it was like hey. they did The Flying House in between seasons of this. And it makes total sense because it's the exact same animation style. Like, oh, weird. I, but yeah. it's the, the Flying House I only ever watched like one episode of. And I don't know if it's the same thing where it's like Bible stories. That one, I have this vague memory of it being much more like christian kids right now and what's going on oh, with them just like kid adventures yeah right okay. but apparently they're related and so like if you if the listeners at home are like is this like the flying house they're connected okay, which i did not know I, I think the studio was called tatsunoko i, I don't like, remember i didn't write it down check the old wiki on that one. Oh, yeah. you know i gotta pull it up baby <laughs> <laughs> um i will say i was as i was watching it it was kind of nice to re uh, visit the story of Tatsunoko. this of David and what happened here mm-hmm. in Jonathan and I'd kind of forgotten the whole thing about like David being the puny youngest son mm-hmm. and all the other like 11 teen other brothers getting passed over mm-hmm. and uh, reminded me how much I do love that about the Bible and about like I think more Jewish culture of like it's the little weak like mm-hmm. non-suspecting one that you that ends up being the one it's in always power. the younger like, son <laughs> yeah yeah it's always the littlest guy there's tropes there's, <laughs> there are tropes uh, and as the youngest I, I find that to be true as yeah. the youngest i also concur <laughs> as the oldest i am always pissed off <laughs> <laughs> the, the r- rules said rules are here for a reason <laughs> firstborn you can't even lift and check the dates <laughs> you can't even lift anything <laughs> um but yeah that was kind of like cool i was like oh yeah go david that's cool cute. And it's Jesus too, and yeah. Jesus being like a little baby. Superbook did make me want to actually get a better understanding of the narrative of the Bible. Like even like that dumb moment of like same David. I was like, I should know what happens <laughs> know. in the Bible, but rather than like, especially this removed, and then what my relationship with the Bible is now. It right. does feel like a dream I'm trying to remember. Yeah, it's like, yeah. Oh yeah. This definitely happened. I know for sure a monkey was in there. <laughs> There's a snake, yeah, but it, it, yeah, it's hard to recall in total and full and like the purposes of the. Well, there's a couple of things like that don't happen in the Superbook version that I was like, oh, you missed out on some, like some obvious, like for instance, in the actual story, what happens is. Uh, David doesn't he he goes out to the battlefield without a sword because he's just gonna beat Goliath with a sling right and but then after he hits Goliath and Goliath falls over uh, David takes Goliath's own sword and cuts his head cuts off with head it off. That's and right. I'm like well yeah. of course they didn't show that in yeah. this like <laughs> version for children off. beheading look, Chris <laughs> look what he's doing <laughs> oh Gizmo it's is, everywhere like, in the blood under <laughs> right, like, yeah. blood 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 also there's the the moment where we've got Saul sleeping outside of the cave um, and David comes up to him in the oh, yeah. biblical narrative Saul's actually taking a huge shit while during that <laughs> so and like David sneaks up on him in that moment that's right because he like, didn't have his like armor on him or something yeah, right? it's, oh, it, yeah. it's a whole thing that's some great bathroom so humor funny. that we just skipped right over well that seems version. like a real loss <laughs> I know right part. 
super kind of for kids. They would have loved that. What if if it was like super book because this podcast got insanely popular again and people just start (laughs) downloading it? And then it's like weirdly, there's like a thousand people tweeting, like, put the shitting scene back in. (laughs) And then the 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 Tatsunoko says, like, we hear you. Hashtag Kate shit for the people. Um, uh, any, cool. Anything else we want to hit before we give our final thoughts about Superbook? I just feel like, first of all, we have to recognize Jonathan's earrings. Great, on point, Jonathan's Jonathan earrings. Looked really oh, we good. stand. And, and <laughs> I wanted to take this freeze frame and say, call me by your name. Right? Oh I literally, <laughs> my, yeah. my notes on that scene was Ooh. sexy silhouette time with David and Jonathan. Yeah. Uh, Gracious. There were some. Curious yeah. about the age difference there. I know, right? Um, I was also, speaking of history and feeling dumb, I was like, I wish I remembered what the Philistines did to Israel and vice versa. Like again, in in my Bible classes, it was just like, we had to kill the Philistines. Don't ask why. It must be done. They deserved it. Don't ask why. Root for David. You know, and uh, I feel like you can maybe inform a little bit better of like what happened. Long story short, it's a combination of fighting over land and worshiping different gods. That was that's, that's it. it. Like there yeah. wasn't like the because you can connect that to the story of uh, Samson, which happens a little bit earlier. And Samson, when Samson brings down the pil- brings uh-huh. down the pillars, the those are the Philistines that he's like crushing, uh, and like Delilah okay. sold him out to the Philistines. So that was like a slightly earlier story. So like the Israelites and the Philistines have been going at it for a while for a before time. this actually happens. Yeah, yeah. And because this is an Israelite bible they get to write that the philistines yeah. are just there to murder them yeah. you know or whatever yeah. and I've, i'm so curious since might be lost history at this point to find out like what did israel do back and like what all happened here and what were the philistines really like and right you know I mean, i'm sure they were just like also trying to live i mean <laughs> you know? all of these tribes were like for instance then you get stories of uh like uh ruth right in the book of ruth you get ruth who's a moabite moabites were like bad guys like the philistines were for a long time which is why you weren't supposed to marry them and then ruth shows up and boaz marries her anyway and that's like a really subversive thing to do because you weren't supposed to marry a moabite because they were the bad guys wow yeah happens all the time you got all these warring tribes boaz i've heard that name 25 (laughs) years 84 years. Boaz, <laughs> Someone did grow up as a woman in the church. Oh, yeah, right? You're <laughs> no, going to hear we, about Boaz a lot. I wanna, I wanna, my, no, I went, no we, we went through I Ruth. Them, we yeah. did, there was a lot of threshing floor jokes and sleeping <laughs> yep, at the feet, yep. Tarantino Fresh style. My floor and so <laughs> on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Naomi, peace out. That's what that Ariana Grande song is about. Is, <laughs> which Whoa. song? Can we walk inside to side? Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> gracious uh, well let's get to our by the way if you do want to check out a podcast that does just summarize the bible in accessible relatable ways like austin is doing for us dumbasses <laughs> right now uh, thank you uh there's a there's a podcast called bible binge that's really good Ooh. hosted by uh two co-hosts Knox and jamie nice. and they yeah they, they get they just put in relatable accessible terms and it's not them making fun of the bible but just like Making it understandable and narratively accessible. Sweet. Cool. Uh, so the way this works, Austin, is we give it a thumbs up, a thumbs down, or a space between. Mm. With a holy roast or a holy toast. Holy toast, we send a freaking, uh, what, what are their names? Chris and Joy. Chris and Joy. <laughs> I was like, who? And Gizmo. <laughs> and Gizmo. Don't all the way to heaven. <laughs> or holy roast. <laughs> We're, we're going to smelt that gizmo metal. 
<laughs> send them to hell. Nice. Or if we don't want to go to one or the other, we can always take them to the Dave Matthews place, which is... The space <laughs> and we'll start with Caroline. Um, I just remember, I meant to tell you guys this at the beginning, but I had a really weird experience watching this. Uh, <laughs> I, um, I went to go watch this today, and on the way out of the house, I put a bunch of sunscreen on my face, mm-hmm. and then when I sat down with the laptop at the coffee shop to like watch it, sunscreen had gotten into my eyes, no. and so crying. they were like burning and oh, crying, no. and I like couldn't get it out. <laughs> so it's like trying to watch gizmo like flail around Through and I was just pain. like oh my god and, I thought and you I were... think to everyone if they like peered over they're like oh what is just crying on? just weeping and eventually I just put sunglasses on too <laughs> so I'm like sitting on the laptop and Jameson Brown like you know, you know what we call that, right? Failure. <laughs> I thought you were going to say your really weird experience was this is California and weed is legal and you got really high and then watched it because I feel like that would have really elevated the I mean, the yeah, thing. that's what happened. That cool version is what happened to me. I got really high on weed. On the weeds. Oh, the so weed. many weeds were in me. No, I was having a oat milk cappuccino and Aww. crying and uh, just trying to focus. So I'm going to roast it because of that I had a bad time yeah uh, gizmo can go to heaven I, I want gizmo to survive everyone else is like strange and i don't know what's going on with y'all but la, i la, also la. <laughs> <laughs> but i think it's also like a perfectly fine show and i could see like why you would love this and have fond memories as a kid mm. yeah. we turn to austin um even though I do have fond memories of it and there are parts of it that will always be with me, I feel like uh, for the <laughs> sins of Gizmo being a <laughs> conquering uh, robot and for the, the sins of uh, colonialism, oh God, perhaps robot. we shall. Oh my God. <laughs> crusading crusading yes. robots and like so trying loaded. to like, you know, convert folks in Japan through colonialism. I feel like we really got to give this one a roast. Yeah, amen. Zero one one zero zero one one zero zero one. That's oh. binary for problematic. <laughs> Siri just woke up. <laughs> what is oh, no. it, my darling? Yeah. <laughs> Siri Not gives now. us a toast. Yeah, oh, my girlfriend is so embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> I too will give it a holy roast. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately. Mm-hmm. You hate to see it. It's not what you want, but uh, but I think seeing quality stuff like VeggieTales, I do expect more. It's true. I do expect more it's from true. stuff. Standards give, are higher. Give me a take. Give me an angle. Give me, give me something to work with. Some jokes. A mm. genuine mm. Ex- fake. <laughs> 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 that laughter was real harsh. <laughs> a, a joke. Uh, but we're not the fun word. You can go to at Christian Fun Pod, our Twitter account, and vote yourself. Give it a roast to toast the space between so get out there and pokemon go to the polls <laughs> ballers <laughs> ballers oh politics <laughs> transition into that let's bring it down now as politics brings all of us down even politics sounds like a reductive word where i'm like mm, politics, politics. Oh, we don't like to world? talk about politics you mean the cra- you mean the zoo <laughs> <laughs> like, um, I'm sorry. Is that the cat? Is that Capitol Hill or the Three Ring Circus? <laughs> wow. Is that the presidential motorcade or, or a, a clown, clown car? <laughs> We've been doing this uh, show too long together. Yeah, no, yeah, serious twin vibes going oh my on. Gosh. Here. Yeah, we are Joy and Chris. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> I think you suck. Shit. <laughs> 
Oh, all right, Austin. We're dimming the lights in here. We're lighting the candles. We're bringing it down. And we're not here to promote ourselves or our projects. We're here to lift them up mm-hmm. to the mm-hmm. Lord as a humble and loving sacrifice. Mm. And we'll start with Caroline, who's got a good one. Um, guess what, bitch? You can lift me up at tick on TikTok at oh, no. Caroline underscore what farts. What the hell? Are you posting? Are you posting? <laughs> Wait, Caroline's farts was taken? Okay. Had to do the underscore. Um, actually, it was taken by me, and then I couldn't log back in. <laughs> so now wow. I... Mom? <laughs> what are you doing? Honey, that is such a mom thing. My mom has two Instagrams because she like locked herself oh, out of one. You did the same thing. I know. Wow. That's me. All right, follow me there. I'll follow you. We <laughs> we went through Christian TikTok last week. On um, oh yeah, that's right. I'll lift up. Where should we begin? Season three. It's out. Mm. That's with Esther Perel. We know and love. Uh, mm. She does couples therapy with real couples mm. on a podcast forum. It's really interesting. Did you listen to Housework? I, uh, yeah, I started on the intro. I haven't listened to an episode yet. Okay. So, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, uh, but that's I a intend. lot of wind-up for you to say, no, <laughs> not yet. Have you listened to it? No, I haven't, but I knew you were a stan. Yeah. Interesting that two weeks in a row you're lifting up therapy things. Hmm. Well, it's just good for, it's good for the family business. <laughs> The family business. Nate, for Nate. He's oh, be I, a see, therapist. I see, I see, I see. There we go. There we go. Making that connection. Hmm, interesting. Okay. Well, you can find patterns in what I'm lifting up if you want to. Okay. Read in between the lines. Yeah, maybe. Caroline's like, I Come on. Don't what is your any TikTok Fox? name? I don't, I don't, you don't have, have an account. I don't have an account. You're just a Chris just Peeper the, on the platform right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm a bit of a Chris Peeper. I like to think let's of myself make, as a Let's gizmo. make Chris Peeper happen. <laughs> at Chris Peeper on TikTok. That's your, that's your You can follow name. me at Chris Peeper on TikTok. We'll turn to Austin. Uh, well, you already plugged my book, so I don't even have hey. to do that. That, that was, was a great. damn good plug, That too. was a really good plug. Thank you. Uh, so I have that. The other thing I guess I should plug uh, is I do every other Monday night, I do a uh, live stream uh, queer Bible study on YouTube. So if folks want to do like queer Bible study stuff, it's really fun. We mostly talk about how things should be more queer than they are. Um, but that's, that's at uh, youtube.com slash Austin Lionheart. Um, and you spell my name with an E. Um, and the thing that is not mine that I also want to lift up is a really cool podcast called Queerology uh, that's done by Matthias Roberts. And he's on hiatus right now, but there's a whole bunch you can go back and listen to. And he just interviews uh, queer and trans folks um, who are people of faith talking about their experiences. And it's really fun to listen to. Hey, we stand. <laughs> I was re- I was listening to or watching your old backlog, I guess, oh, yeah. of videos about just various like theology things. Mm-hmm. Really great, like a good bite-sized, perfect answer to like a lot of great questions. Mm-hmm. Really, really accessible. Liked. Yeah, accessibility is huge. You have to like talk to the pe- you have to meet people in the middle with a lot of this. That's stuff. why I started doing stuff on YouTube. I didn't really want to start doing it there, but lots of trans folks were already there documenting their transitions, and I was mm-hmm. like, well, if that's where the people are, I'm gonna go where the people yeah. are. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you can lift me up at Chris Peeper everywhere. <laughs> uh, TikTok. On TikTok. Just chill it on TikTok. Uh, and you can lift me up. My Finsta account is at Kevin T. Porter everywhere, <laughs> where uh, sometimes when college students don't listen to my podcast, I <laughs> tweet a, a screenshot of them and say like, hey, podcasters put their hearts and okay. souls into this. All right. By the way, 
Kevin did tweet a reference to that, which I think most people weren't paying attention to. And so it did look like your mom was just abusing you. I oh, no. know. And you got like a lot of really sincere support. Oh, and I think you need to apologize to those people. Well, uh, no, I did another tweet that says, for context. Oh, okay. That's I did, I did yeah. say that because I, I yeah, I don't want to make a fool. <laughs> and, and one girl said like, well, I feel stupid for saying what I said. I was like, no, don't feel stupid. I feel stupid. <laughs> I really received, received your kind of kids. Yeah, I don't want to trick anybody. Because <laughs> like I helped and I didn't even know what you were I talking know. about afterward. And yeah. the, DM, the DMs were so nice too. This, I just, this really feels like a broken Kevin. vase moment. I Whose know. fault was this? Whose <laughs> <laughs> fault? Oh, this Fair point. Fair point, sir. So funny. Um, what was I gonna lift up? Oh, uh, I'll lift up. Uh, Disney Plus. Uh, yeah, Ooh, no, you're gonna lift up. Di- I want. I want to lift up the most popular entertainment <laughs> company well, in the, the world. Well, the numbers aren't in yet. So yeah, I'm a gonna make fan Delorean. Like, <laughs> yeah, I am a fan Delorean. Oh gosh. Uh, no, I was gonna lift up uh, leftovers. Leftovers, oh, a show I'm, okay. I, I would be perfect for us to do on this show. But it's 28 episodes long, so I don't know if it'll ever happen. It's the unfortunate, sad reality. Mm-hmm. Maybe during your sabbatical. <laughs> <laughs> Just becomes I forced a retirement. Podcast. No, I'm not forcing you to retire. It's a gift. It's a gift. You'll get a watch. Okay. I've been rewatching that, though, with a friend of mine because of uh, Watchmen. Have you seen Watchmen? No, Austin? everybody keeps saying how good it is. Love it. I, I couldn't love, I couldn't like Regina King more oh, as an actress. Have you read the book, the graphic novel? Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. yeah. Do you like yeah. it? Oh, yeah. I, I read it in college and then rereading it again. It oh, definitely okay. plays different from like a 17-year-old yeah. college student in Texas versus like a 30-year-old man yes. where it's like Whoa. white supremacy is a daily reality. Yeah. Where, yeah, I didn't read it different. young enough. I read it too old and I was like, this is not nearly as revolutionary as people think it is. <laughs> I know, but that's, that's what the, that's what the, the series shows is cool for. because yes, it interrogates exactly. all that stuff, honestly. And we stand. Regina. Uh, lift us up at Christian Fun Pod everywhere. Patreon.com slash good Christian fun. And every review you leave us on Apple Podcasts, we donate a dollar to charity. This month's is Church Clarity. Nice. Uh, uh, organization I'm sure you're familiar mm-hmm. with. Uh, Clarity is reasonable. Austin, thank you so much for joining Thanks us on the show, friend. Thanks for having me. This was really fun. What a delightful time. To his credit, Austin did get off a plane like four hours ago <laughs> and came over here. You look so well hydrated, oh, so happy. I'm drinking so much water. What a delightful time. Yeah, thank you for being here. And there's nothing left to say except for, and all of Pond's people said, Amen. Austin, what's a... Amen. 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 What's a, what's a meaningful song we could go out on for me? Oh, maybe Testify to Love. Oh, yeah. Okay, Definitely. let's do that. Right, let's get to that chorus. Every star in every sky. Do it as Toad. Every corner of creation lives to testify. Alright, Gerbert now. With every breath I take, God above. For as long as I shall live, I will test the words I stumbled on are the title. I will I can't believe I just took a drink of water before you started doing that. Alright, we'll see you next week. Goodbye. Dear listeners, 
I just lifted up my TikTok, and at the time, I had an underscore between Caroline's and Farts. Um, but I was able to go back and through a lot of technical uh, know-how, I fixed that. And so you can follow me on TikTok <laughs> at Caroline's Farts. Thanks. That was a HeadGum Podcast. <laughs>